Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We just uh, got into one of our more bizarre during the break arguments. <laughs> during the break. It wasn't an argument, it was a discussion. True, true. It was, a, it was a discussion and not all that controversial. We were just trying to decide how close an asteroid coming 5,500 miles to, uh, with the, to the Earth, if that was actually close. And the answer is yes, that's uncomfortably close. Yes, it is. I agree. And if there's one out there that's coming by us that close, is there one that could come even closer? This uh, asteroid is the size of the Empire State Building. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to, you know, put more on people's plates. And I am glad it's going to miss the Earth. But that is 5,500 miles is really close. Is that what it was, 5,500? That's what Austin was saying. Uh, I was just trying to remember the headline that I saw earlier today. But it ain't hitting us. Well, it may as well be not. a thousand miles. It's still not hitting us. Yeah, but then Jake asked, "How far is the moon?" And it turns out the moon's Oof. like two hundred thousand miles. Yeah, two hundred thirty-eight thousand miles, to be exact. I was off so. by two hundred thousand in my guess. <laughs> I said thirty thousand miles away. Anyway, uh, there's stuff out. And by the way, that uh, asteroid is traveling at eleven thousand two hundred miles per hour. Hmm. Wow. Uh, We're going to talk to David Locke coming up here momentarily, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Eager to get David's reaction to what we've learned today about the NBA's return and how it's going to happen, if he thinks it's a good idea and how it's going to work. I know David was thinking more outside the box with some of this stuff and wanted to see some things tried. And actually, the NBA, with this uh, 8-9 play-in type thing, they are trying more concepts than I thought they would. It's such a different year. It's so different than what's normal. I, Although, you know, I bet a lot of the things they considered have been tossed around for quite some time, never to the point of coming to the, ta- never coming to the table of, of real, real talks or serious talks. But why wouldn't you be forward thinking? Why wouldn't you consider various things that, uh, you know, that no one had ever really heard of being tried before? I think it's a good idea. Locks interview, of course, brought to you by our friends at Murdoch Hyundai in Linden and Murray. Check them out online, MurdochHyundaiSLC.com and MurdochHyundaiLinden.com. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Uh, he is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend David Locke. Hello, David. Hope you are well. I am doing well. How are you? Hey, I, I think we are doing uh, really well, especially with the news coming out today about the NBA. Adrian Wojnarowski, amongst others, uh, reporting uh, what, you know, partly, partially anyway, what the owners are going to be voting on on uh, Thursday, which of course would be tomorrow. Your thoughts on the format and what we've learned today? Well, I, mean, I think we've talked about a lot of different things throughout this process and how it's going to play and what it might be and, and, and what moved the meter. And we, I think we did a Venn diagram conversation a little while ago. And, you know, I think what we've learned is that the Venn diagram that has the, um, you know, one, I think the well-being of basketball, trying to get as many games in as possible so that when they do hit the playoffs, the games are better mattered. I think getting games in for several hundred million dollars was the comment that Woj made on Scott Van Pelt's show last night. 
um, I think, mattered. Um, so, I, you know, and I think at the same time, they knew you couldn't bring back Golden State, Minnesota, and Atlanta because they weren't going to play anybody. So I think they figured out what seems to be the, the best model, and we'll see how it works. And I, I don't think we know the answer to that. How much value, David, is there in eight games being played that are essentially regular season games before the playoffs actually begin? And when you say value, what do you mean by value? What What's the upside of having those games played? Well, I think several hundred million dollars was the first one, <laughs> um, according to Woj. So there's a big one. And then I think the other value is that you allow – you hopefully get a more representative champion at the end of it. Um, particularly in the sense that if, if you just came out and played the playoffs and the team's a little rusty and not quite ready to go, then right out of the shoot, you know, Milwaukee's down three, one to Orlando. And all of a sudden they don't, they don't get out of the first round because they, they weren't quite ready to go. I think that would be a pretty, that'd be a pretty big bummer. David, uh, kind of a, a quirky part of this whole thing is that there could be a play-in tournament, which would really be, I mean, uh, well, anyway, a play-in tournament between teams 8 and 9 if uh, Team 9 is within four games of Team 8. And when I initially thought of that, I thought, boy, that's kind of a, a wide gap. But then I thought to myself, you know, these teams uh, that are not currently not in the playoffs, they all of a sudden went from middle of the pack to the worst teams in the league. So it's going to be hard for them to make up games because they're going to be the underdogs in every game they play. So all of a sudden that four-game gap didn't seem quite so wide to me. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. You're absolutely right. I, that, I had not put – that's a great point. I hadn't put those two together yet about what you just said. That's abs- you're absolutely right. Well, think about this. I mean, with if you're the Wizards and they play eight regular season games, how many of those do you actually expect them to win? One? Well, they will not be favored in any of them, right? Right. They don't, they're on a neutral site, and every other team is better than them. Yep. So do you think that would also, David, make it for maybe more travel room for a team like the Jazz when the Thunder are one game back and the Rockets and, the, and Dallas are two and a half games back and, and Denver is, what, a game and a half ahead of the Jazz? Do you think this kind of schedule could make for more mobility in that regard? I did it today, and I, I I could see us very easily ending up as the 14th seed out of 16. Hmm. The good news is I can't find a scenario where we play the play-in game, um, or maybe I have us I have us as the 13th seed. Like we could very very easily end up being the 13th seed. So right, it's got to be like they haven't announced this yet, but they've got to be seeding. No, we could be the 14th seed, uh, but they have to. If we're doing this play-in thing, we've got to be. Well, wait a sec. They're, does that mean – no, wait a sec. They're saying between 8 and 9. Yeah, so that would so then be... they're not going 1 through 16 then. According to Woj. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, really uh, interesting. When we talked to I Steve's – This whole time, I thought the minute they brought back four Western Conference – four or five Western Conference teams and only one Eastern Conference team that we are on the verge of 1 through 16. But you're right. If they're – if the way Woj is saying it, eight and nine, not fifteen and sixteen, and it's a play-in for the eight seed, then we're not even breaking up Eastern and Western Conference, which I think is too bad. I would have liked to have seen that. Well, that's interesting that you bring that up because when we talked with Steve Cyphers earlier in the program, he he also assumed it would be one through sixteen. So m- maybe maybe there is something different coming. 
Uh, Woj doesn't miss much. He's pretty well connected. <laughs> the people who we'll tell see. him what he knows usually know what they're talking about. So um, I would I would guess that I would guess that that's not the case. But if you did go one through sixteen, by the way, I did that today. We could have ended up fourteenth, like with, which I don't sure actually matters. No problem at all. I mean, other than fourteenth means you're playing a three seed, and you don't want that. But um, there, there's not there's not a lot of um, you know without home court advantage. It, it's not a big deal. Now, by the way, um, I haven't heard anybody talk about this, but Utah and Denver are the only teams in the in the league that actually have a home court advantage. Statistically, the only two teams that have a advantage um, at home are Utah and Denver. So we we would have the biggest um, you know step back of any team in the league. David Locke is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David, I uh, want you to uh, uh, weigh in on a conversation that uh, Gordon and I were having a couple of segments ago talking about this year's Utah Jazz. We talked about the inconsistency, and it's not the first Jazz team I've covered that's been inconsistent because if you think about the Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer Jazz teams, they weren't very good on the road. They were great at home, but they weren't very good on the road. They weren't consistent, but you kind of point to it and say, well, here's why. With this Jazz team, you know, they have some really huge wins on the road. They have a, a, some losses at home, especially at the beginning of the year, and these you know big long streaks of wins, and then these you know losing streaks as well, where they're not playing as well. Is there something? Um, and Gordon asked me this question: Is there something you you can put your finger on as to why? Well, this year was funky, right? Um, we had these you know big ups and big downs and stretches opening the year and opening out of the break where we where we struggled. Um, and that was a little different than kind of what I, what I think we usually do. Um, is there a reason why? Um, probably not that I have for you. Um, you know, I always think that there's a level where we think, and this year might not be the truth. In the past, I've always felt like we say these things and we think we're more inconsistent than we actually are, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, like our record against above 500 teams just wasn't very good this year. But our record against above 500 teams or below 500 teams was great. So I, I'm i not sure that the premise of the question when you say that we're inconsistent is anything more than maybe who our opponents were. Okay. Right. Well, like, I mean, that's an explanation. Certainly, sure. Yeah, I mean, so of in the Western Conference, there were four teams. Uh, I'm doing this off the top of my head. There were four teams that were above 500 against above 500 teams. And then Utah, Oklahoma City, Dallas were not. Houston is actually who was inconsistent. Houston and Denver were two teams that were above 500 against good teams, and I think lost double-digit games against bad teams. In fact, I think Houston may have lost as many as 15 games against below 500 teams. I'm, I'm off, might be off by a little. That's a lot. I mean, they probably only lost 25 games this year. I don't have the standings in front of me. Um, 
So that 15 seems like a lot. But my memory on us is that we were four or five games below 500 against above 500 teams. And we were really good against below 500 teams. Which would lead me to say that, you know, maybe that's just who we are, is, is that level of a team. David, do you think the Jazz are in a position where they are at a disadvantage from the standpoint of there's so much coordination in their offense and timing as far as passes and movement and all of that goes? Versus, I think I may have asked you this before, but I can't remember what the answer was. As opposed to a team that has a couple of star players and they, can, they rely more on just pure talent? I mean, we've started so poorly to open the year offensively, and we started the year so poorly right out of the All-Star break that both those things would seem to make perfect sense, right? Like, like that would seem to be a legitimate – like, if you, if you came to me with that, I would have to say, yeah, probably. I mean, if you go back and look at our opening games of the season, this I do have in front of me, just, um, you know, our 52nd, 63rd, 60th, 57th best offensive game. So – Four of our worst offensive games came in the first eight games of the year, and then a few more came in November. They, and, and under Quinn, they've always happened early. Then you go back to, like, out of the break, and all of a sudden we were terrible again. We were 53rd offensive performance against the Spurs, 50th against the Rockets, warmed it back up a little bit when we got going against some less good teams. But, yeah, our offense wasn't, our offense wasn't nearly, you know, nearly as good as uh, – when we first came out of breaks as it was early in the year. Now, the post-All-Star break, our real problem is we were awful defensively. Um, and so we, it wasn't so much that we were bad, as bad offensively. as It was more that we were awful defensively. Um, so that will be, you know, have to see. It, yes, I think that's a legitimate argument. I could just as easily argue, though, that the teams that will have the greatest advantage coming back are teams that can protect the rim, that force teams to shoot from the outside or take low percentage shots because of the fact that shooting will be off. And so those defenses that can do that will have a unique advantage. Those defenses thus would be Milwaukee and Utah. Um, and I think the, uh, uh, Brook, Brooklyn and Orlando and Miami are the five best rim protective teams in the NBA that don't allow you to have shots at the rim. That may be more important than ever before if you're forcing people into mid-range shots and non-rim shots when they've been out of rhythm. David, who do you think is uh, most important uh, now, I guess, in the absence of Boyan Bogdanovich? I'm trying to think of the right way to ask this. How do you make up for his production and whose job is that going to be ultimately? So I'll give you a, I don't know if this was, if I did this on Locked on Jazz or if I did this on, on your show already, so I apologize if I if I did. I think I thought I think I mentioned this with Scotty and Hands, and I don't think I did this on one of the shows. But I found a really interesting note the other day. So if you look at Boyan Bogdanovich this year with Rudy Gobert off the floor, okay, three hundred and sixty-three possessions. That's it. So Boyan Bogdanovich this year. So far this year, played a total of 4,265 possessions. And only 363 of them were with Rudy Gobert off the floor. Is that amazing to you at all? 
Or is this like everyone knew this except for me? <laughs> no, no. It seems uh, I certainly didn't notice that to that extent. Ninety-two percent of Boyan's minutes were with Rudy on the floor. Hmm. So the Jazz had taken Boyan, and I think the thought on this, I haven't talked to any of the coaches, but was they were protecting Boyan's defense. Okay? So let's take George Niang for a second. Who, When George Niang this year has been on the floor, he's played 1,400 possessions. Our defensive rating's not very good. It's a 112.7, which is in about the 35th percentile. Except for the fact that when you put Rudy Gobert on the floor with him, it gets much better. It's suddenly a 106.1 or .0. It's 86th percentile. And yet he's only been on the floor because of the way they used Boyan 10% of the time with Rudy Gobert. Hmm. Take Rudy Gobert off the floor, and suddenly the defense with George Niang on the floor is awful. So 115.6, it's in the 15th percentile. This is, by the way, anyone who tells you that the game is staging Rudy Gobert out and he's not that valuable, um, I, I've got some numbers we could talk about, and you're hearing them right here. Okay? So when George Niang's on the floor with Rudy Gobert, the defensive rating is a 106, and when he's off the floor, it's basically a 116. Maybe, instead of doing what's the obvious, which is you just put Royce O'Neal in the starting lineup, maybe you're actually put George Niang in the starting lineup because you have him play all of his minutes with Rudy Gobert the same way you did with Boyan Bogdanovich. So, David, one last question from me. I want to sneak in here. Of all the things that you consider for this particular Jazz team now without Boyan, moving into this kind of scenario, eight-game regular season left, and then into a playoff situation, what is the most important factor for this particular team? Probably, I mean, the way, we, the way you were going to win games was that we were going to outshoot people, right? We're the best shooting team in the league. Our shot distribution is way better than everyone else. And Boyan was a huge part of that. We're not, we were not a great defensive team. It made us all uncomfortable all year. We weren't quite sure how to deal with that, what to do with, with that. Is there a way that with Boyan Bogdanovich not playing, that we somehow get better defensively? And, 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 I, and I don't know how you do this, but you don't drop significantly offensively, which I think would be really hard. I mean, we're the best shooting team in the league largely because of Boyan. But, frankly, you know, we've been a top-10 shooting team for each of the last four years because of Quinn's offense, too. So, um, you know, maybe there's something there where the loss of Boyan allows us to be better defensively and that pushes us into a better space in some way. I'm making stuff up. I got no, I got no way that we're better without Boyan. I just tried. It was a futile effort, but I tried. Tough sell. 
It's a tough sell right there, but uh, I, I liked right. it. I liked it. It was a good argument. Uh, David, thank you as always for jumping on with us. We really, really appreciate it, and uh, I think we're all excited. We're making some progress here, so it's good. Hey, Dave, David, one more, one more thing to think about. I want you to think about this, and the next time you come on our show, I'd like to hear your opinion. Jake and I were talking about this yesterday, the five best shooters in jazz history. Think that through and uh, let us know what you think. Five best shooters in jazz history. Yep. You got Morris Almond. Yeah, Mo Almond, obviously. Mo Almond, Mike Ronnie Brown. Brewer. Ronnie Brewer. Uh, who else? Uh, Larry Kraskoviak. Delaney Rudd. Uh, rounding out the list. Right, right, David. Rusty LaRue. Well, I, got, I know who one is, <laughs> and now I got to figure out the rest of them. Okay. Well, we'll check one? in with you on that. Oh, yeah, I'm making two, by the way. I left Boyan off my list just because he hasn't been on the team long enough. I considered longevity. You didn't ask that. True, but I mean, the, the, what you judge this on is your own, right? Best well, shooters? Well, sure. You ask who the best shooters on the Jazz team are, like... Best shooters in a Jazz uniform. I don't know. Longevity matters. See, I don't think it does okay, in that well, question. That, no, that is like... That is the weirdest caveat to add into the question, by the way. I got to just share that. It's just part of the equation. You didn't like do like who made the most important shots or that all matters too. The most like biggest impact for a long period of time. You just <laughs> asked who the best shooters ever in a jazz uniform were who played. You didn't like now you add these caveats. Like, how am I supposed to do this? By your I'd own say, discretion. Yeah. Yeah. You do it. According what, to however you eyes. formulate it, you do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the Golden Griff's got to be on the list because he was a three-point shooter long before the history, the league, right? Like that was – he was shooting threes when no one else in the league was. But his percentage wasn't very high relative to the list. Right, but his percentage was probably high relative to the other three-point shooters in the league that year. I had him as number five on my list, by the way. Well, he played a lot of games, though. You probably should push him up a little bit. <laughs> David, thank yeah. you for that uh, smart-alecky conclusion to our conversation today. Joe Ingles is walking around right now just pissed. You took Boyan. You didn't mention me. <laughs> well, you can make it up with Joe. He was here donating blood today, which is awesome. Oh. He's generally a pretty good guy despite the front he tried. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you, David. I miss Joe. I miss, I miss George Niang. I miss a bunch of these people. Well... We miss you, buddy. Hopefully we'll be able to see you in person at some point, and you'll be able to see them. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thanks, man. David Locker, good friend, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. We've got Drop of the Day coming up next. In fact, uh, Gordon, we found uh, uh, Casey Kasem outtakes, which we're excited about playing. So we'll get to that coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Oh, it's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. want to remind you about our good friends at Zero Res. The clean home is a healthy home, and right now Zero Res is cleaning carpets for $33 per room, plus 
Schedule three rooms and they'll clean the fourth one for free. Call Zebra Res today, 801-288-9376. That's 801-288-ZERO. Time for sounds of various clips, also known as Drop of the Day. Gordon, uh, we love the the Casey Kasem freakout. We've played it a lot. Uh, We found uh, another, uh, I guess this is Casey Kasem outtakes trying to, most of this is him doing station IDs, right? Yeah, I think so. All right, so here's uh, here's Casey Kasem's outtakes. The countdown will begin tomorrow afternoon at 2, right here on 97 Fun, where the music... The countdown will begin this morning at 9, right here on WMNS 13... What a call letter. Let me do it again. The countdown will begin this afternoon at 1, right here on the entertaining 1410 WHLN. That sucks. Yeah, it's only a question. WKRM. The countdown will begin this Sunday afternoon at 2, right here on WKRM 1340, where we're getting involved with your s***. Where we, where we're getting, where we are getting involved with you. Is that the way I'm saying? Where we are getting involved with you. Where we are getting involved with The countdown will begin this Sunday afternoon at 2, right here on WKRM 1340, where we're getting involved with you. The countdown will begin this afternoon at 2, right here on WKRM 1340, where we're getting involved with you. You're listening to American Top 40 on WKRM 1340, where we're getting involved with you. You're listening to American Top 40 on QT, WQTW, Latrobe. It's getting set for Westmoreland County. What? Latrobe getting set for Westmoreland County. Getting it set. The f*** does that mean? All right. The countdown will begin this Saturday afternoon at 1, right here where you're feeling the... The countdown will begin this Sunday afternoon at 1, right here on the radio station you grew up with. Music Radio 138. Oh, f***. What the hell's going on here? Isn't it the last hour? We got another hour to do? Yes, I thought we were almost finished. Good golly, Miss Molly. Boy, this is ponderous, man. Ponderous, f***ing ponderous. Hi, this is Casey Kasem. American Top 40 has moved to a new time. I hope you'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at 2. 2. <laughs> 2. <laughs> that was so good. At 2. two. I'm Casey Kasem. You've got me here on Saturday morning at 2 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> I love that Thunderous. one. That was the best one. The one yeah. at the end where he realizes what he's reading. He's like, at 2. Hi, this is Casey Kasem. American Top 40 has moved to a new time. I hope you'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at 2. 2. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best one. I mean, they're all really good, of course, because it's Casey Kasem's voice, like the voice built for radio. But that last part, that was the most amazing. <laughs> Join us, our new time, every Saturday morning at 2. Music Radio 138, all f- You know, I hate to say it, but it's even funnier when you hear the actual swear words. It is funnier when you hear the curse words, that's true. Yeah. But, uh, uh. <laughs> two. Two? <laughs> two in the morning? Okay, see Kasem, nobody puts me at two in the morning. You know, I mean, God bless him, but uh, Casey Kasem is such a part of American traditional radio. 
Good golly, Miss Molly. I'm going to start using that, too. I told Austin that while we were listening to him. I'm going to start saying, good golly, Miss Molly. Remember how we were trying to come up with with alternatives for for curse words? I might have to use that. Join us Saturday mornings at 2. I want the pictures. (laughs) Two? telling you, you come out of those up-tempo records. (laughs) He's he, you're right. His his voice is just a part of American history. It is radio it's, history. It's Hi, like this the, is Casey Kasem. American Top Forty has moved to a new time. I hope you'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at two. Two. <laughs> <laughs> two. Incredulous. Why are they even bothering to promote something they're going to air Saturday mornings at two a.m. You know, I love this station, and we, we do try to promote Fox Sports Radio, and uh, they do our overnights and, and all that, but I, I don't think I've ever written a promo in my entire career to promote something at 2 a.m. on Saturday morning. <laughs> in, in a weird way, you can kind of think it as a compliment. No, you can't. No, you can't. Well, they're you promoting cannot. it. We are so full, we're oh. going to put you, the legend, Casey Kasem, <laughs> at 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Saturday morning you, when everybody's sleeping. You might you might as well tell Casey personally, like, we'd cancel your show, but we've got a contract <laughs> even, in camp. Even the, the Teamsters are asleep at 2 a.m. on a Saturday. Yeah, that's telling Casey, your show stinks, but we can't cancel you, so we're going to bury you at 2 a.m. on Saturday. <laughs> Well, we're getting involved with you. Because you can hear him realize it. Because he's just reading, you know, uh, join us at two. Wait, two? two. <laughs> I hope you'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at two. Two. <laughs> you know, oh, oftentimes, one. Uh, obviously, you can tell by the tone of his voice there that uh, he hasn't pre-read a darn one of no, these things. No, he's just know? ripping and reading for sure. Uh, well, he, he probably, in all honesty, I'm sure he has dozens to do. I mean, uh, well, it was seven minutes long. I yeah, pared it down to American two. Top 40. I mean, how long did that air, uh, Gordon? Where I mean, we're Forever. talking, you know, decades, yeah. right? And yeah. uh, and he's in. I don't know how many affiliates he had, but I imagine it's in the hundreds. So I mean, that sucks. There's no way that he could pre-read all of those. It'd take him all day. <laughs> a two. Get Don on the phone. What? <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy we just did that. Two. 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 <laughs> All right, stay tuned. Oh, we'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12 in the zone. Want to remind you, join us on Friday at the warehouse in Orem, 86 East University Parkway. Prices so low, it will blow your mind. This song feels older than 98 to me for some reason. Seems like it's been around forever. Doesn't it? That song does definitely feel like it's been around forever. By the way, if you're just joining us, on this day in 1998, Gordon uh, basically called the NBA Finals over in favor of the Jazz. <laughs> And, and some, blamed PK. And something that he's been blaming on PK for 20 years that we found no, out that PK's no. headline was directly copied out of the column. All I said was that it uh, it uh, conflagrated things a little more. But uh, 
and PK has always worn that as a badge of honor. But uh, well, it's thanks, not true, uh, Dar- Darren Rubble, for uh, for you know making tweeting this out today to his two million followers that uh, that had taken place today twenty two years ago, and I was wrong. All right, I predicted the Jazz to win. I thought they were the better team that year. I thought they were going to win, and then Carl and John uh, disappointed. But uh, they, you know, I was I was wrong. All right, I admitted that, and I also had two admissions today, two confessions. One was that uh, that I confirmed it. Yes, I was wrong. Yeah, even though that's obvious to everybody. The other one was that it was I who poisoned uh, the pizza. You did admit Michael to that. Jordan. I I would say that one that one is fictional. The other one is fact. And I would throw in another revelation in there is that you've been throwing PK under the bus for 22 years. I have not been throwing him under the bus. I've been throwing him under the bus for about 10 years because 10 years ago he reminded me that he wrote the headline. Uh, I don't know, Gordon. I've been talking to you about this particular subject matter for quite some time. Been about 10 years. And he's the one who told me because I didn't even know that. So, he throwing was, uh, PK right under the bus, boy. And then earlier the today, you no, threw he DJ. Was, he was he was bragging about it. You said that the headline did not represent what came in the column. It was verbatim what you wrote in the column. <laughs> that is true too. Yes, yeah, it is. And you said you would not bet your life on it that the Jazz would win, but you'd bet ten billion dollars. <laughs> Why did again? I I brought this up with you before. Why do the stakes always have to be so high? I was, I was using hyperbole as a as a device. If I had put down ten billion, I only would have had five left. Wow. Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is yep. funny. Oh man, we're gonna have to play that Casey Kasem again sometime. Join me mm. my new time Saturday morning at two. Two. Maybe I still think we should play the rest of them. I mean, we got lots, lots to listen to yes, from Casey Kasem. And how long was he on the radio, guys? Forty years? Oh, it'd have to be at least, right? Longer? Fifty years? Will you tell me when did uh, when did the American Top Forty? When did that start? Early, I don't know. Early sixties, mid sixties? Somewhere around in there, because I remember listening to it when I was younger. But uh, uh, yeah, he had a had American Top Forty. Says he hosted uh, American Top Forty for four decades, but doesn't say here when he started hmm. well it's uh it was a heck of a career and uh it's it's just you're right he's just got those velvety tones that when all of a sudden he goes into a blue streak it's like what casey Kasem talked like that <laughs> uh let's see sorry i'm i'm trying to figure out uh let's see here oh apparently ryan it's still on and ryan seacrest hosts it Oh, really? Mm. Casey Kasem did it, let's see here, 1970 through 1988, and then again from 1998 through 2004. Shadow Stevens uh, hosted it from 1988 to 1995. I don't care who's hosting it. It's That's uh, Casey Kasem's gig. And uh, Hey, how about this? Looking this up. Created by Casey Kasem, uh, Don uh, Bustany, Tom Rounds, and Ron Jacobs. That's the that's Don. That's Don. That's the Don he's yelling at. Oh, yeah. Wow. Don Bustany. B U S T A N Y. And what was he what was his He title? was a creator. It said created by. Hold on. Biography. Yeah. Just looked up uh Bustany was born in Detroit. 
Uh, Casey Kasem were childhood friends and later co-creators of the syndicated radio programs American Top 40 and American Country Countdown. He's down on the phone. In the 70s, <laughs> Bustany was camera coordinator for the Mary Tyler Moore, the Bob Newhart Show, and other MTM productions. So, so he's whole... a producer. Earlier he had uh, produced okay. local talk shows on several L.A. stations. So the whole thing was an L.A. production, right? It came it was always out of Hollywood or something. I think so. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to Casey Kasem back in the day. Please. <laughs> That's why when he when he wrote me a letter, handwritten letter, okay. I was impressed by that. Please. I was wondering if we could get through talking about this without having that mentioned. We know you you've guys, met you a guys, lot of famous people. Guys, We've heard about it over. You guys believe me, right? No. I mean, yes, you do. I mean, I, it, when I tell you from the bottom of my heart, absolutely 100% true, you will you accept it as truth, right? But you've said that about so many things that aren't Come true. On, take, it, it, take, it, no, no, no. Like I the don't. boy I, cried wolf. Kind of thing. But what happened to the pictures? I-, <laughs> I I told I told you like two or three fibs in all my time, uh, and, and the things that I tell you typically on this show are absolutely true. And so, uh, and I, when I express it to you with such earnestness uh, in, in this particular case, you believe me, right? No. Right. You want me to tell the absolute truth? And I the don't. Absolute, one hundred percent truth. It was me who poisoned the pizza. I don't believe that. I don't believe the Casey Kasem thing. I don't believe Bill Puxley existed, and I don't believe that you shacked up with Juice Newton in your twenties. I, I never shacked up with Juice Newton. She taught me the game of polo. All right, hey, that's whatever you call yeah, it, in whatever your... you guy, you crazy Wait, kids are calling it. I don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> Two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh man. <laughs> Two. <laughs> all right. I'm Casey I did, I did stay at her place. Mm-hmm. And also was good. I was. I. I, I got to know Tom Goodspeed, her husband, very oh. well. Hmm. Are they still married? We check that out, Mr. Noble. No. Did you, Juice, and Tom all stay there at the same time? No. Please. I stayed at her place, but she wasn't there. My wife and I stayed. So it's just you and Tom. No, it's my wife and I. And Tom? No, Tom is not there. Tom was a really nice guy. I really liked him. Sounds He's a like heck it. of a polo player too. Again, I didn't, you keep oh your. You keep, stop it! <laughs> Break seriously. All right, Guys. stay tuned. More big show she coming bumped. up next. You're better than that. And twelve eighty the zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordo, another Wednesday comes and goes. Can't believe we're on the backside of the week already. Yes, we are, but uh, we've had uh, a good day. Lots to talk about today with the NBA looking like the specifics of its plan to come back are, uh, are coming out, tumbling out. We'll find out even more tomorrow. So, yeah, it's been good stuff. In fact, by the time the show starts, we should have everything in concrete. Yeah, to talk I about would, with I the NBA. So. I think we should have most of the details, if not all of them, by the time the show uh, starts tomorrow. Because the, the the Board of Governors meeting is at 1030, I want to say, right? Uh, right? Mountain time. So mm-hmm. uh, I would guess uh, the reporting will probably be pretty complete by the time the especially, show gets. So. Especially if the voting is as one-sided as we expect it to be. It's, this isn't a situation where uh, we expect... Uh, 
a whole lot of discord. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, whatever whatever Adam Silver puts forth, they're going to pass, or else he, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have come this far. Because you, you're right. I mean, we talked about this uh, going way back to last week. He can't, in that meeting, go, all right, guys, let's, uh, let's bat about some ideas, huh? You know, they just don't have time to <laughs> to go through that process. So hopefully yeah. behind the scenes, they've all gone through that process, and that's why tomorrow should be pretty seamless. My thought exactly. Uh, he, They have been really thorough with this, and I think all that backroom discussion has already been had. I think so, too. Yeah, can you imagine if, if Silver opened up the, the, the meeting tomorrow and is like, <laughs> all right, guys, what should we do? <laughs> Who's got some ideas? Throw them out. <laughs> Throw them out right now. We're on a Zoom call. Raise your hand. Anybody? And we're, we're going to vote on them. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll... Have... I think games should be played at 2 a.m. 2. <laughs> <laughs> like Casey Kasem. If you missed today's uh, uh, sounds of various uh, clips, you missed out on a good one oh, with man. Casey Kasem outtakes. Found there's out just that he's... There's Sorry. just something about his voice that uh, makes everything he, he says that isn't the norm funny. It is. Yeah, because it's, so, it's just so iconic. What the f*** does that mean? All right. <laughs> We got a whole bunch more. We could have that for drops of the day from now for the rest of the week. Incredible. Incredible. All right, Gordo. Well, you enjoy your evening, my friend, and I will uh, talk to you tomorrow. At two. Jake. At two. At two. Two. Point two. (laughs) Austin, uh, Jake, uh, stay safe, stay sane, and all our listeners out there, we appreciate you listening and uh, hope uh, all stays well with you and yours. We'll talk to you tomorrow at two. On the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hi, this is Casey Kasem. American Top 40 has moved to a new time. I hope you'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at 2, 2 